Welcome to Life on Pause, a podcast defining the experience of being a young adult with cancer. Each episode, we explore issues impacting young adults in and after treatment. Like what you hear? Have something to add? Come join us for next month's recording, the third Tuesday at 6 p.m. Hi, my name is Cassie, and in 2021, at the age of 16, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Hi, and welcome back to Life on Pause. Today, we are joined by women of different ages who have lost their hair due to cancer treatment. But prior to getting into introductions, we are going to start off with a reading of a personal statement from 14-year-old Aaliyah and her mom. In the beginning of April 2021, I lost my hair due to chemotherapy. My hair was one of my biggest confident points in myself, and it was heartbreaking for me when I lost it. I could run my fingers through my hair, and it would come out in clumps. Eventually, I decided to just shave it off. I had my mom do it for me, and I couldn't face the mirror while she did it because I didn't want to see myself. I cried super hard watching my hair fall onto the floor. I never really thought I was pretty, but seeing myself without hair for the first time made me see myself so much worse. So many thoughts ran through my head. One of the most common ones was, who would ever love someone who looks like me? There were many people who made me feel better, though. I got lots of comments like, wow, you look so pretty, and having no hair really looks good on you. And my personal favorite, you rock looking like that. Eventually, I got used to not having hair, and I slowly started getting my confidence back. I learned that being bald and having cancer doesn't define me. I'm my own person, and I can choose how I want to live my life. I won't let my sickness define me. That's the message I want to send to everyone out there who has any kind of sickness. Your sickness doesn't define you. Neither does your appearance. Love yourself. Now, the next statement that I'm going to read is from her mom. When Aaliyah learned of her diagnosis of Hodgkin's lymphoma, there were two things that scared her the most, being nauseous slash throwing up and losing her hair. Those are the things you hear about the most. If you get chemo, you get incredibly sick and your hair falls out. Her doctor told her right away that she will lose her hair. It really helped us that he was so straightforward about it. It helped her and it helped myself emotionally prepare ourselves as much as we could anyway. We were told it would take about two weeks from her first chemo treatment for her hair to start to fall out. It was almost exactly two weeks. I had read during my research about Hodgkin's that choosing to shave your head when it starts to fall out or before can make it a little bit easier to handle. By choosing to shave your hair off, you are taking control in a time when there isn't much that can be controlled. Shaving my daughter's hair and seeing it was heartbreaking, and it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. As a grown woman, losing my hair would be so emotionally devastating, let alone losing it as a teen girl when appearance is such an important part of how you see yourself. Aliyah and I went to a salon to look at wigs, and the stylist said something that really resonated with me. She said she believes that every woman at some point in their life should shave their head. It would make us all realize how we look isn't important. Hair isn't important. Your heart, your mind, your soul, who you are on the inside is what matters. Aliyah decided that day not to get a wig. She decided to embrace herself as she is without hair, and she is gorgeous with a bald head. I am so proud of how she overcame her fear of how others would view her being bald. She learned to love herself for who she is, not how she looks. She smiled through her tears and didn't let cancer rule her life. Hair doesn't make you the amazing human that you are. Cancer does not define you. It is not who you are. You are unique. You are beautiful. You are a warrior. 
and you will kick cancer's butt and you will be so much stronger because of it. So first, I want to say thank you to Aaliyah and her mom for sharing their hair loss journey. As I read their story of hair loss, so many parts of it resonated with the pain that I felt throughout my own experience of losing my hair from chemo. And I'm sure it did for others as well. So with that being said, let's first do introductions. And if each person could share a sentence about their hair loss journey, that would be great. I will first start. My name is Brianna. I was diagnosed with Burkett's lymphoma at the age of 20. And as a result, I wore a wig until I was 22. I'm Lauren. I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2020. And I uh, went completely bald. And I actually decided to wear my bald head as is. And for my wedding, I was completely bald. And I decided to wear a wig just for my wedding. But then right after, I went and I let my hair be bald again. I'm Allie. I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma shortly after I turned 19. I'm now 21. And it was really hard for me. I had to, I kind of let it fall out. I didn't want to shave it. It was hard for me. It was really long. So I cut it short to the length probably it is now, like my shoulders. And it took about three months for me to go bald. It was hanging on by, by you know, everything it got. I did wear wigs once I did shave my head and go completely bald. And for me, wigs were fun. Like I loved trying different ones and trying different colors and different styles. And I think that they really helped my self-confidence boost. I'm Megan and I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. I was diagnosed in 2013 when I was 16 and I'm now 24. I lost all my hair like two weeks after chemo started. It just started coming out. So I cut it really short. And then at that point, my mom was kind of sick of vacuuming all the time. So she asked me if I would just shave it. And I did. And um, I'm glad that I got to do that because like she said, like everybody should shave their head once in their life. It was honestly like I had all the power and I'll never do that again. So I'm glad I got to do it one time. And I wore a wig once in a while, but it was way too hot because it was summer. So I didn't like to wear it very often. My name is Cassie. I was diagnosed when I was 16 of 2021. My hair started falling out three days after my last first chemo treatment. Um, so I cut it real short. And then I ended up in the hospital a couple of days later. And I had my nurses shave it for me because I'd rather not deal with it falling out. But I have gotten a wig. I've wore it once. But ever since then, I just wear my bald head. Hi, I'm Diana. I was diagnosed with lymphoma when I was 19. Now I'm 23. I recently finished treatment in November. I was for like three years with treatment. So I constantly grew out my hair and it constantly fell out. So I kind of always did a combination of having my bald hair, my bald head and um, wigs. Hi, my name is Tatum. I was diagnosed with B-cell ALO, which is acute lymphoblastic leukemia in 2020 when I was 13. My hair started falling out a week after my first chemo treatment, and I mostly wore beanies. First, we cut it short, and then when it started to fall out, it was really hard for me. So we decided to just cut it all off and buzz it down to the shortest we could get it. I wore wigs only on special occasions. Hi, my name is Sabria. I have acute lymphoplastic leukemia. 
my hair always, like, my hair was past my waist. So it was pretty hard for me when it started falling out. It, I shaved it a month after I started getting treatments. So it was pretty hard for me, too. So I think hearing from everyone, we touched um, everyone in their sentence or two about their hair loss journey sort of touched on different things that we're going to talk about tonight. For me, when I was reading Elia's story, something that it reminded me of that you sort of all just discussed was deciding if I would shave my head or not. And Aliyah's mom, in the statement I read, she, she commented on how shaving her daughter's head was one of the most difficult things that she ever had to do. This reminded me of how when I was really considering shaving my head, that my mom was the reason I didn't. She did not want me to shave my head. And I think that for her, it was almost more difficult the fact that I was losing my hair than it was for myself. So she had me keep my hair just as it was for as long as possible until I had little tiny wisps like where I had every day and just held on to it as long as I could. And then once I finally had a wig that we were both happy with, my mom and myself, then she finally let me shave the little bits that I had left. Can anyone relate to maybe their mom getting involved in their hair loss journey or, you know, family? Or does anyone want to talk about making that decision to shave your hair or not? I had the same experience pretty much with my grandmother. My hair was really thick. So the first two months I had treatment, it was falling out in clumps, but it still looked like it just was like thin. I mean, you really couldn't tell it until I started losing my eyebrows and my eyelashes. I would also wear a hat, like, so it would just look like, you know, little strands and stuff. And I wasn't ready and I wasn't ready to put her through that either. Just because I know that I feel like to me, once I would cross that bridge, I would be sick. You know what I mean? And I wasn't ready to accept it, even though I was getting the treatment already and everything like that. So once I finally did decide to shave my head, first of all, I wanted my aunt to do it. She's a hairdresser. And I was, we weren't living in the same state at the moment. So I like was dead set, like she's going to do it. And once I did shave my head, it was not an emotional time for me at all because I was ready and I accepted it. And I, it was like a clean slate for me to start in the healing process, almost like a, a step towards, okay, like I'm done with this sick body. I'm going to get rid of it. And I'm going to take one step in the right direction towards healing. So, I mean, I think it's amazing women who get diagnosed and they can shave their head right away. That's amazing. That's just not how my journey went. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. And I'm, I was really happy with the way I did it. I think for me, I didn't really get a chance to really think about losing my hair that much because when I got my diagnosis, I had a huge lump on the side of my neck. So I couldn't really move. So they told me I was going to lose my hair. So my decision was, you know what, I'm going to get a short, like a short kind of haircut just because I couldn't even take care of my hair anymore. When it started falling off, I just decided to shave it. I think overall, my mom was pretty supportive about my decision through everything. Um, she did feel, I, I, I feel like she did get a little bit more sad than I did, but it is what it is. Yeah. So I've heard there seems to be where there's, there's people that shave right away. There's people that wait, I guess I was kind of in the middle. So 
when, I mean, I asked the doctor kind of like in the story that Brianna shared, asked the doctor point blank, am I going to lose my hair? And he was point blank answered, yes, you are going to lose your hair. And I appreciated that because like I asked him up front, all these questions, let me know what's going to happen as much as you can know. There's a bit of that control because you can't control much of what's going on. My uh, now husband uh, shaved my head because I live with him and he kind of, he, he had asked me, he said, are you going to want to shave? He was kind of like judging, are you going to want to shave before treatment? I shaved even before my first treatment because I didn't want to watch my hair fall out. I felt like I'd be really much more upset watching it fall out than if I were to shave it off. I decide it's gone and it will come back. It was quite a shock. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror very shortly after. And I think someone has shared before they didn't recognize themselves. I saw myself in the mirror. I did not recognize myself and I started to bawl. I started to cry. It was just not myself. And it was really hard. I tried to make a a party out of my shave hair date. I called it, I think I called it like my shave hair date or something like that. You know, I got a pizza. My husband and I were, you know, having a little bit of a celebration. It was unfortunately during COVID. So I couldn't have too many people over, but we had a little celebration, had some drinks and, um, had some tea and, and pizza and all that kind of fun stuff before. And that way, when the hair loss did start, it was very slight because he had basically buzzed my head. But it was really, really hard. But I second the idea that wigs were really hot. I got a wig. I wore it precisely one time for my wedding uh, because I wanted to have hair for my wedding. But I don't. Right after that, it got put in a box. I either was bald or I had a small beanie. A small, like very, very loose fabric beanie I wore when uh, the sun was really when it was out and really hot, so I didn't burn the top of my head. But it was very, very weird looking at myself in the mirror. So that was the hard part, not recognizing myself going through that. I did something kind of weird whenever I found out that I was going to lose my hair, and I happened to be in photography class in high school at the time, and uh, we were doing a project where we had to edit something and so I took a picture of myself looking in the mirror and edited my hair out of like off my head so I had a bald head and like that kind of prepared me a little bit but um then I went to get my wig and the woman there was like I feel called to cut your hair blah blah blah. it was always very long it was like down to my butt so she said that she felt called to cut my hair so I let her and um it was pretty short and then probably two days later I just shaved it so I was like this is just annoying it was like filling my hood and like everything. So, and my mom was a big part of that because she actually asked me if I wanted her to shave. Yeah. If I wanted her to shave her head too. And I was like, no, one of us only needs to have a bald head. You know, we don't need to both go through that. I'd like to add that my husband also said the same thing. And I would looked at him and I gave him a face because it's like, I'm like, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different for you. If you shave your head. I think I kind of prepared myself after I was first told that I was diagnosed. Because that was one of the first questions I asked. Was I going to lose my hair? And he said, yeah. So then I was right away. I was like, I want to cut it short because I don't want to see all the long hair pieces fall out. As soon as I cut it short, I was in the hospital a couple of days later and it was just falling out. It was all over the bed. And then once I got in the shower and I was washing it, it just came out in clumps and I broke down. And I told my mom, I was like, I think I should shave it. But I was like, very, very nervous about it. And then I told my nurses and they ended up shaving for me. I tried to hold back the tears as much as I could, but it caught up to me. And then I asked if I could shave part of my head too, just to like, just have a moment. So I got to shave it and I kept the clippers that we did it with and a couple of chunks of my hair. 
And then my brother actually went and shaved his head for me too, so that I didn't have to be alone. Um, so I first cut my hair short and my mom was very supportive of my decision. One of the things I kept on hearing was that I have the right head shape for this haircut. <laughs> yeah. So it was a month and a half after my hair started to fall out that I decided to cut my hair short. Then two weeks later, I buzzed my head. And what we did was we got all of my family on Zoom call. And my right after my dad let me shave his head. And they shaved my three little cousins' heads. I have three smaller cousins. They're all about like three years old, two years old. And they all shaved their heads too. And my family asked me if they wanted me, if I wanted them to shave their heads too. And all I was thinking was, oh no, I have a twin sister. And she said, do you want me to shave my head? I said, no. And the reason behind that was because I think that I kind of wanted to be able to see myself with hair <laughs> because we're identical. So I kind of still had a little bit of something left because as you guys said, looking in the mirror, I kind of didn't really recognize myself. It wasn't really a sad moment for me. I had a lot of people there for me. So first thing I started doing was, I don't know, I was smiling at first because I could hear everybody being happy for me because I felt like I was taking control of something in a moment where I didn't have any control at all. <laughs> Since I lost my hair, like, I shaved my head about a month after I got diagnosed. I loved my long hair. I loved that is what made me who I who I was. Like that was the most important thing to me. But I got to shave my head with all my friends there, so it was very like seeing all their support for me really made it better and them all like complimenting me and stuff. It really made me like feel better about being bald. With consideration to what BB just said, she just said that her hair was a part of her. So what I wanted to ask next was, how did you feel that your identity was affected by losing your hair? Personally, I felt that without my hair and my eyelashes, that essentially all of my femininity was gone. And I was at the point of my life, I was in college where all of my friends every night were going out and talking to guys and making themselves look like they were at the peak of their appearance. And I was at like the polar opposite of that. And I had always had like, like you said, I had always had longer hair and it, it really felt like I was losing part of myself when I lost my hair to the point that I feel like I compartmentalized my hair loss differently to my illness. It was like, yes, I'm going to feel sick and awful, but losing my hair is a whole other thing. Um, so I wanted to see how you all felt that your identity was affected throughout losing your hair. I do want to say that, like Brianna said, I feel like it's not so much that you get sick, but you also get kind of depressed in a way. Like you're also dealing with the whole chemotherapy side effects. And then you're also going and seeing yourself at the mirror and you're like, wow, this is not me. So it's kind of painful to to just see the person in the mirror and you're like, I also look sick. I don't like how I look. That, that would be kind of me at certain points. And then I have a younger brother 
and we look a lot alike. So there would be occasions where I would go to his appointment, dentist appointments, things like that. And people did confuse me for my brother. So I think that was also kind of more sad because I'm like, I'm a girl and people are confusing me with a guy. So that didn't help at all sometimes. I'm just going to piggyback on that, like losing your eyelashes and your eyebrows and stuff. Because even if you wear a wig, you can still tell that like something's not right. Like you don't have eyelashes and eyebrows where if you had that and no hair, like if with a wig, you can't really tell the difference. But I knew like even when I put the wig on that I still didn't look myself because like my eyelashes are very thick and long and they're dark. So like whenever I lost them, I looked like a completely different person. So I know that that that's kind of why I didn't wear a wig too. Cause I was just like, well, people already know. So whatever. I just, I'm not hiding anything anyways. Interestingly enough, I noticed that other people seem to have a harder time with me losing hair than I did. I had a lot of, I think the first time I posted on Facebook, I was hiking, I, hiking, the thing I don't like to do was hiking with my husband and it was so hot that day. I said, I'm not going to wear anything. I just, I'm going to hike with you, you know, and we took a picture of ourselves up when we went hiking and I posted it to Facebook and I got comments. I got so many things. And my mom was like, you're so strong to be able to post that picture of yourself. And I was like, it's just me. I mean, I, and to be honest, and I'm hot, so I'm not going to wear anything, but I just, I realized that a lot of people had, had, because it really seemed to be the indicator that I was with the hair loss, even though I was you know, at a different, a different time and everything. But yeah, I, I definitely struggled. I definitely struggled with how I looked. But I think for the people that were around me that saw how I looked, that saw through treatment, how I looked, it was a little bit harder for them. And uh, I thought that was very interesting. I felt like when I lost my hair, I just didn't want to look sick, like play the part as looking sick, because I don't want people catering to me and like, just because I am sick does not mean I can't do things on my own. So that was probably the hardest thing. Like, I didn't want to look sick. I definitely held a lot of power in my hair, I guess, before before I went bald. It was definitely something that I was confident about when a lot of things I was not confident about at all. And I definitely, I didn't want people to look at me and be like, oh, she's sick. Like, or... I didn't want to feel vulnerable and I didn't want people, you know, wondering or asking me because I really didn't want to talk about it. And I think that's why it was hard for me to lose my hair. I was also a sophomore in college around a bunch of other young women in their peak of life. And it was very hard, very hard for me. But I had a lot of great friends who made, didn't, who never made me feel less of a woman because of my cancer. And I definitely learned to love myself for things other than features on your body because obviously hair hair can come off you can shave it off you can get sick you, this can happen you know you're not always going to be the person you are on the outside but you'll always be the person you are on the inside and i definitely learned that i'm glad at a young age going through cancer treatment and definitely helped me become more confident helped me become truly actually happy in myself I think the same for me was when it first happened, I didn't want to look sick at all. And I didn't want people to think like I was different from everyone else, even though I had cancer, that I'm still the same person I was before, just sick now. 
that was a really big thing for me. But once everybody like told me, like was also always complimenting me, telling me I was very beautiful and stuff, it started to make me feel better. But then I got to the point where I was like, well, just what if they're just saying it because they feel bad because I'm sick. And then I realized like, just because I lost my hair doesn't mean I lost who I am. So that really helped me with all the support I had that I'm still the same person I was. I'm just battling something. I think there were so many things, different things said from different people about how losing your hair made you learn to like internally appreciate yourself more, which I think is really beautiful um, and something to be grateful for throughout this rough journey that we have all gone through. And a couple of you did talk about sort of other people's reactions to your hair loss and that being one of the more difficult portions of your hair loss experience. And I think that we can all kind of relate to that. And so what I'm curious, I think, you know, when when we make this podcast, we're not only sharing our experiences and finding comfort and sharing those with each other, but also we want people to know who are listening what is a way that you can properly support someone that you love who's losing their hair? For me, you know, one of the short stories where it really hit me how, you know, my hair loss was hard on me, but the people around me and their reactions were also making it harder on me at times was um, the first time my best friends came over after I finally barely had any hair left. And I remember just catching one of my closest friends just staring right here. And it just broke my heart because she's someone who loves me so much for who I am on the inside, but she's still taking notice to what the disease is doing to me on the outside. And someone said that, are they just complimenting me because they feel bad? And I felt that way every time something nice was said to me. It's like, oh, you're only complimenting me because you feel bad for me. It's all pity. And so there were very few times where I actually felt like, oh, maybe I should have an ounce of confidence right now. And one of those times was my grandma looked at me and she said, you know, you make me consider shaving my own head. Like it really just brings out so many good aspects of your face. And now I'm thinking maybe I should shave my head. And like, that was a genuine compliment that I took to heart. So if any of you want to share things that people said to you that definitely shouldn't be said to someone losing their hair or things that someone said to you that were actually helpful and really did give you confidence when you felt like you had none. I, I would definitely encourage you to share them. The weirdest compliment that I actually really enjoyed was you have the perfect shaped head to be bald. Like your head doesn't look weird bald. I don't know why. I was, I was like, you know what? My head doesn't look weird bald. And so like that for some reason felt better than like, oh, you look so beautiful, like, or this or that, just because they were actually like, I don't know. I don't know why it helped, but it did for some reason. I think the best thing that I was told was after my hair started to kind of grow back, I made a comment to my husband, my partner, about like, oh, does, is it weird now? It was something like, oh, now I have hair again. And he goes, you know, I got really used to you bald. You look, you look odd now that you have hair. And I was like, okay. But it really shows the, you know, seeing someone for who they are and not the, and not the dressing. It meant a lot to me. Just the, oh, okay, yeah, no, oh, it's different now. Now you have hair. Oh, I thought that was quite a, quite a nice way of saying it's you no matter what. Just the, oh, the packaging, the dressing has changed a little bit, but it's still you. I think the favorite comment I got 
was recently my hair started growing back and I just have little fuzzies. But someone said to me, you know, I like you a lot better with your bald head. Like you can really rock it. And that just like, it just made me super happy. And I don't even know if I wanted to grow back because I like the way I look with bald, like a bald head now. Like I really do enjoy it. So I think that's what really gave me a confidence boost is that nobody thought I was weird looking because I didn't have hair. Nobody thought I was different because I didn't have hair. So that's one that I really appreciated. I think the worst is when like little children, like who don't understand, <laughs> see you bald. Um, I know like my little sister, she was four at the time. She was like, um, Allison, I hate to tell you this, but I think girls are supposed to have long hair. <laughs> and I just had to sit her down and explain to her, like, you know, first of all, it's not a choice. Second of all, girls don't have to have long hair, like, you know, this and that. But I, I found myself a lot, you know, wearing beanies or scarves on my head because I didn't want to make, you know, them feel uncomfortable because they're younger and they didn't understand. But it was cute. It kind of lightened the mood a little bit. <laughs> so I didn't really mind it, but it was just, it's just funny to share. I can relate to that. When uh, my hair was gone, I constantly wore beanies and put them over my eyebrows because I didn't really have any at the time. And little kids, a little girl who lives across the street from us would walk up to me and she'd look at me and she'll, you lost your hair because you got cancer, right? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and another little girl never saw me without my beanie until one day when it got really hot. When she saw me, she liked it. She screamed and then did like a little giggle and said, what happened to your hair? And I had to sit her down and explain it to her in a kinder way that it was because the way I explained it to her was that I got sick and I had to take medicine and the medicine didn't agree with my hair. So my hair decided to go away <laughs> because she was like really young and her mom was pregnant. I didn't want her mom to have to deal with her asking about those questions. Another thing that was kind of like comforting was my brother, who's six years older than me. He is balding and he was balding from a very young age. And so like, I think it helped him a little bit that I was also bald then. And whenever my hair started growing back, he would pet my head and be like, you're so soft <laughs> and like that kind of stuff. And it just like lightened the mood. It just made everything feel lighter and easier. I think one of the best compliments was probably from my little sister. She's, she was four, but she's five now because um, they are the most honest, I believe. She said I looked pretty as felt very heartfelt to me is probably the nicest thing. I also don't like like when people over compliment me about it because it feels like it's they're just complimenting me because I have cancer. I think for me it was nice. What kinda helped me through that was my friends didn't really make a big deal out of it. We always kinda have that dark humor going on. So when they did see me bald, they mainly just joked about it. So it just made things better because I was, we've always kind of joked with each other. So when they didn't really change, I felt like, okay, so things haven't really changed. I like that. That kind of made me feel like they still see me the same. I think you all shared great stories and examples of things that can actually be helpful when you're experiencing hair loss to hear instead of not helpful, like the over compliments um, that just seem fake. I totally, I think everyone can relate to that. So aside from that, I, I now kind of want to talk about the decision to wear or not wear a wig. And I know that a lot of us as well have already shared if we did decide or not 
but sort of what that process is like deciding. I think that my case was a was a bit unique. My mom knew that I only had a six-month treatment, so she did not want that many people to know about my illness. Her plan was she was going to get me a wig and I was going to go back to school and no one was going to know, which was very hard on me at some times. But I also understood her want for me to be able to go back to life normally as soon as this was over, which we all know life is never normal again. But you know, through that, I had a lot of frustrations and I definitely did not want to be wearing the wig while I was sick. But after some time had passed, I did appreciate how my mom wanted me to be able to return to normalcy. She didn't want everyone around me to feel the right to ask me why my hair was short. You know, why did I look different from everyone around me? She didn't want something to jump out at people. Um, and I and I get that. And then while I was at school and my hair was growing out and it was going through the different stages of, you know, pixie cut to boy cut to all those different stages, I was appreciative I had a wig because I felt I worked on my wig long enough, which I'll talk about a little bit more later, that I did feel beautiful in my wig, despite the on and off frustration I had with it. And so I decided to wear my wig until I felt like myself without it. Because when I would not wear my wig, I knew I didn't have as much confidence and I didn't act like my best self. So until I had hair that could be made into some kind of hairstyle, I wore my wig, which was about a year and a half. And that was kind of how the decision was made for myself and how I made the decision of when to take it off. But I'd love to hear, I know that a lot of you did not wear wigs, even how you got to the point where you decided, I know you said a lot of, a lot of people were uncomfortable, things like that. If anyone wants to talk about that decision-making process, I'd love to hear it. I would say that I went through this So I started my treatment in September and my hair was thinning. It was very, very thin until I finally shaved it. Like I had just had little sections everywhere and it just looked really bad. And I would say during that time, I built up confidence because I was excited that I, you know, finally finished my chemo and I was getting on the radiation. I had this like excitement that I really wasn't worried about my hair. Um, I would wear wigs you know, here and there. But then after I finished radiation in February, COVID happened. I didn't have to leave my house. So it was great. And, but that's when I think I started declining in my self-confidence because my hair was so short and it, the, the style, I didn't like it. And I couldn't find, I couldn't find the confidence that I had before. And I, I pretty much spent this past year building that confidence and rocking the short hair and the pixie cut. like. So I kind of got thrown into not wearing a wig because I started school back up, nursing school, and I can't really wear a wig doing the things that I do. So I kind of got thrown into, all right, this is your hairstyle. You got to own it. You got to exert your confidence. And I, I kind of had ripped the bandaid off with that, but I definitely loved the wigs. When I had those moments of, you know, I'm not leaving the house looking like this. Like I'm, I'm afraid to, I don't want other people to see me to the point where it's like a battle to get yourself out of the house. The wigs really, really helped me. And plus they were fun. (laughs) I know for me, I was 16 when I lost my hair. So like all of my friends had very long hair and like, I definitely felt out of place, but I didn't go to school. So I was at home all the time. So I didn't really wear wigs. I would wear wigs once in a while, 
like if I really felt like it, if I was like really feeling down about myself or something. And then um, like when summer rolled around, because I started treatment in February and lost my hair in February. And then so it was pretty cold. So the weight didn't bother me at first. But then as it got hotter, I didn't want to wear it anymore. And I wore it to some to any function that was going to have a lot of people that I knew at only because I just didn't feel like answering questions. I didn't feel like that being the topic and all that. So I would wear my wig once in a while. But then it was my first day of my junior year and my hair was like maybe an inch long, maybe not even. And I had to decide like, am I going to wear the wig now and start off with long hair for the school year? And then when it gets to a certain point, take off my wig and have everybody get used to it again, being short, or just like go to school without the wig and just set the standard. And then they just get used to it. And then just they get to watch the growth too. And I decided not to wear the wig. And I just went to school with just my little hair and everybody would pet my hair like they would want to sit behind me in class because they could just touch my head it's so soft and stuff so people made it easy for me for me I felt like the wig was kind of like an armor which I kind of hated sometimes because going out was like you have to wear the wig you have it, it was just a lot I hated my wig to look like it was in my hair so I search a lot of things a lot of YouTube trying to find out ways to make it look like more me, I just felt like I didn't want to deal with the question of uh, what's wrong, things like that. So I decided to wear wigs for the longest time. Like I said, I was uh, doing treatment for three years. So it was constantly losing my hair and it was just like my armor. Then I don't know, through the process, I started getting really tired of it just because of getting ready of the heat of everything and I was like you know what I I give up I'm like I don't care I was to the point where I was just like I don't care anymore I'm just gonna do me and if people see me without a wig that's fine too um there was a point where I had uh kind of like a boycott and this person that I hadn't seen in a while they didn't know I had uh I was going through treatment and things like that and they asked me they were like oh my god you cut your hair and I'm like yeah and that person was like I do not like it it was like, I do not like you with short hair. It doesn't look good on you. And I was, I, it was, I didn't tell that person I was going through treatment, but I was like, it was just fun, funny, I guess. I don't know. I guess if they would have said it in the really beginning, it would have hurt me. But I got to a point, like you guys said, eventually you get comfortable in your own skin. You get comfortable with having short hair. And I was just like, if people are going to like me, they're going to like me and they're going to be in my life, however I am. So I did wear wigs now and then for fun. And if I wanted to look nice or things like that, just because, but it didn't, I got to a point where I accepted myself even with short hair and now I'm just happy the way I am. I mean, I, I feel like now is as long as I'm healthy, I want to love myself in the way I am. So it's been a journey, I guess. I think one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why I didn't wear a wig is because my hair is very unique and I had a really hard time finding curly hair wigs that look anything like my hair. And I remember thinking like, maybe, maybe I'll wear a wig. I was diagnosed in, in with through treatment starting in July. It was so hot that I kind of liked the short. I, I like that. That part was nice. Not having to deal with that was nice. But yeah, finding curly hair wigs was really hard. I didn't want, I, it was a part of me where I was like, no, I don't want, I, I see all these like fun wigs now. Everyone talks about like rocking it. 
And I'm so like, you guys go, that's awesome. For me, it was always like, if I'm wearing something like that, it's to make myself look as unsick as possible. And there was no hair that looked like mine. There was nothing that made me feel like that. The I did wear a wig for my wedding. And I think if it weren't COVID times, I might have worn this wig for other like gatherings and other sort of like big things, just as kind of like a confidence booster. Because I did eventually find a wig I liked. I paid way too much money for it and I wore it once, but it was for my wedding. So I, I think it was worth it. I think it was worth it. But I see a lot of great wigs out there. But if, if my my plea out there is please make more curly hair wigs, <laughs> please. There are a lot and a lot, a lot of straight haired wigs, which are fine. But for people who naturally have curly hair to find something for me to wear a wig with straight hair is heresy. First for me, I really, really wanted to wear wigs. And then I tried a couple on and I just thought to myself, like, this isn't me. I don't look the same. I didn't like how I looked with a wig on. A lot of people before I was diagnosed were noticing like I was getting thinner. I was like very sick all the time. Like we didn't know what was going wrong. So they knew I was sick. And like at first I didn't want people to know that's why I wanted a wig. But then I decided eventually they're gonna they're gonna know, they're gonna see me. So I just decided right after to put it publicly that I had cancer. And I just rocked the bald head. I just didn't find a wig that suited me, that made me feel confident in who I was. So I just, I kept the bald look. When I decided to buzz my head, I didn't really want to wear wigs. I only decided to wear wigs on special occasions. And I decided that if I was ever going to post a photo, I'd do my makeup, I'd put on a wig. All of the photos that I have bald are either not posted or posted by someone else. I chose to wear wigs kind of because, I don't know, sometimes I had really low self-esteem and I decided, oh, I'm going to try and look like my old self. I couldn't, I had just really wavy hair. It wasn't that hard to find one that looked just like my hair. It was more of the fact of trying to get it to look natural mm -hmm. and when it started to get really hot, I decided uh, I'm going to wear wigs a lot less than I am going to now. And I didn't really have to worry about wearing wigs around my old friends because it was during COVID. Everybody knew something was wrong with me because I left school. My last day of school, I had a seizure. So I had to just go on a stretcher. I don't remember much of it, but... Pretty much a lot of people knew something was wrong, but they didn't know exactly what. So I didn't really try that much to hide it when I saw old friends. I was diagnosed in January in 2020. So I wanted to wear a wig because mostly because like with school and stuff, I didn't want to be known as the girl who has cancer. But the news kind of broke my school that I got cancer. So I was more comfortable with um, having not to wear a wig. Like, so I ended up not getting a wig because I was going to be inside because then COVID came around a month, month or two after. So I was much more comfortable without wearing a wig. So a lot of people sort of mentioned that they would wear a wig when they were feeling insecure, when they knew a lot of people were going to see them. Or maybe when you first found out and you didn't want other people to know you got sick. And I feel like, at least in my experience, that was my entirety of my cancer journey. I didn't 
want people to find out unless they got close to me. And it's interesting because while the purpose of like wearing a wig is to get some of that confidence back, I found myself at times when I had my wig feeling even more insecure because I was so self-conscious of it looking fake and people knowing that I was wearing a wig. And I had some shame with wearing a wig. Like I felt like I was being fake in a way and that I was hiding something so bad. But really what I was hiding was that I had a boy haircut underneath. And it's really crazy how many different feelings that you go through mentally while you're going through the transition of growing your hair back. And if you know, if anyone wants to talk about those different feelings or like when you were wearing a wig, did you ever feel shameful for wearing a wig? Or did you were you just like, nope, this is just gonna be I'm just wearing it for the day. It's fun. It's just interesting to me to hear everyone's different perspective, really. Aside from that, I do want to cover the process of getting a wig because I think it could be really helpful for others who are listening to this and who are going through the process of deciding if they want a wig, what resources are available. So I'm going to quickly go through my experience of getting a wig. And then after that, would love for you all to share what your experience was, even if you got a wig that you just wore once or you got a wig that you would wear every now and then when it was special, a special occasion. For me, um, like I said, many people did not know I was sick. So I wanted a wig that looked incredibly realistic. Now there are synthetic wigs and there are real wigs. Real wigs are a lot heavier and hot. um, And then synthetic wigs can have a shiny look to them. So they both have pros and cons. When I was in the hospital, most hospitals will have some sort of program where you can get a discounted wig, um, but a lot of times they're not the nicest wigs. So the day that the people came in with the wig information, they put a big swatch of hair on my bed of different colors, and it was just sitting there in a pile. And I was looking through the catalog, and I was like, okay, this one's not that bad. And then the woman said, oh, we don't have it in your hair color, though. And So we were going through the motions of trying to pick out a different hair style and color. And then I just looked at the pile of hair on my bed and the way it was sitting and the way the light was hitting it. And I decided this is not for me. The synthetic hair, it's not for me. It doesn't look real. This is not going to work. So from there, I began looking up different wig shops. I went to several wig shops in New York City because that was where I got treatment. And I felt like a lot of them were definitely taking advantage of the situation. I would sit down in a chair and they would put a $4,000 wig on my head and they'd be like, what do you think of it? Like no empathy within that situation. And also the price was sort of ridiculous and I wasn't getting the the help from the hospital that I would have. Um, And of course, for all of you, Four Diamonds, you would have a different situation with getting a wig. But again, for anyone listening, that was another avenue I explored different private wig shops. So after realizing that if I got a wig from a private wig shop, I was not going to get someone who was going to make sure it worked for me. They were just putting the wig on my head and that was it. And the fact that it was going to be ridiculously expensive, I was like, this isn't going to work either. I felt so lost, so out of options. Um, And it wasn't until my mom looked into what insurance, what our insurance covered as far as a wig. So the insurance I have, they consider a wig a prosthetic and they will cover because real wigs, real human hair wigs are more durable than synthetic wigs. They would cover 
the cost of my wig if I went to one of their salons. So I went to one of the salons, partnered with my insurance. And from there, I was I had a wonderful woman who walked me through trying on different wigs. Even from there, she was able to add roots to the wig. She was able, able to have highlights. It ended up being beautiful. It was still really hard for me to get used to, but it was something that I knew I could could have be a part of my identity while not having my hair. And I, to accept my wig, I named her Laquisha. She had a personality. She, I would be mad at Laquisha at times. I would tell her I hated her, but then sometimes I tell her I'd love her. It was a love-hate relationship. Sometimes I have stories of her, you know, if I danced too hard in college, she popped off once. Different, different stories like that. Um, that I could go on for for a long time. But that is sort of my journey with finding a wig that made me feel comfortable and confident most times. So I would, I'd love to hear what your stories sound like, even though everyone's story is different. And a lot of people didn't end up with a wig that they wore a lot. Just if you have anything that you think would be beneficial for people to hear who are currently working on finding a wig for themselves. I just have to say, I would never buy a synthetic wig ever again. Like when, I don't know if I didn't care that much, but when we were at the wig place, I was just like going through the motions. They were putting wigs that looked like my old hair on. And I was just like, "Hmm, okay, this one looks fine. This one looks okay. And then ended up getting two wigs that were, one had a little bit more blonde highlights in it than the other, but they looked pretty much the same. And, um, I couldn't style them. I couldn't do anything with them. So like that, when I put it on my head, I was like, okay, so what? Now it looks gross. And after you wear it a few times, like if you don't wash it properly or brush it properly, it just doesn't look good. It does not look real at all. And I think that was part of the reason I stopped wearing it altogether because I just knew it just didn't, didn't fit me. It didn't look right. And I wish I would have taken more time to like explore more options, but four diamonds gave me a place to go. And I, I said, okay, I went there and I kind of just was like, this woman was talking to me and everything was just kind of over my head. I was like, whatever, I don't even want to be here. And so I just picked the two wigs that I thought were okay enough. And then I think I would have worn wigs way more if I would have gotten one that I could style and I could like curl the hair or straighten the hair, do something with it. But that just wasn't the case. So I just said, whatever about it. For me, the first time I ever got a wig, I got one from Amazon. It was $14, way too cheap. I did learn. So um, I hated it. And then after that, I'm a kind of person that when I do something that I'm like, I hate it, I learned that, you know what, I'm going to do research. So I did research and research and research. Like I would see the reviews. I would see YouTube videos. I would see what people commented. Um, It did help me a lot. It got to the point where my wigs looked like my hair. Because I would go out and strangers would be like, oh my God, I love your hair. And I was, it was uncomfortable for me because I was like, I just said thank you. But in my head, I'm like, this is not my hair. Like I felt like a fraud. But I would say that the best thing to do is just uh, do research and do what feels comfortable for you. Because um, I did learn how to style my wigs. I did learn how to do them in buns. I did learn how to um, just live with them for a while, even though the thing, like I said, I hated it because during the summer, it gets way too hot. But um, I would just say that the best advice is always do your research, see the reviews, see how the photos on other people look. Because a lot of people will give you advice, even though they're not cancer patients, there are people that wear wigs. So they will give you advice. So I feel like 
for me that helped. It does take time and you got to be patient. But if you are, you will find eventually something that helps you in your price range. I think the most I spent on a wig was $100. I don't think it was too bad. And I I think I loved my wigs. I, like I said, sometimes you got, just got to work with what you got and do your research. I think that's a good point. And also, I use my resources very well. So I was dead set on getting like a great wig because I was, you know, worried. And also like everyone in my family's a hairdresser. So they're like, you need a wig, this and that. I unfortunately was when I was diagnosed, was diagnosed during COVID and a lot of options were a bit limited. The wig room was closed. There wasn't as much services. I looked at some nonprofits and other organizations that provided wigs. I feel like I might've been a little bit snooty and decided that, well, again, finding a curly haired wig that looks like something for me was not going to find. I wasn't able to find something like that. I would also say as a, a advice, if you at one point say, no, I don't want to wear a wig. And then you decide, I don't know, you know, through your treatment, then you change your mind. There's nothing wrong with that. Because I know I changed. I, I went into this saying, I don't want a wig. I'm going to be cancer warrior and all those things where I was like, I don't need a wig. I'm going to be bald and beautiful. And, but when it came time to my wedding, I wanted a wig. I wanted that. I wanted that that uh, type of thing. But um, I found her. So here she is. She's not very styled. So don't judge. But um, so you can tell kind of close, but not quite, not quite. And uh, I went through a hairstylist. They had a wig shop studio. I went through there. The stylist gave me the information on how to submit the bill to go through insurance. And then my doctor also gave me the prescription for the prosthetic. So then I was, after paying for the wig, was able to then send through and was able to uh, go through insurance to get some of that taken off. So we are nearing the end of this episode. And to close out, I would like to ask everyone in one to two sentences, how did you learn to love and accept your post-cancer appearance? For me, a huge thing was naming my wig and accepting her for who she was. And then also knowing that no matter what my appearance was on the outside, I was still the same person on the inside who was strong enough to get through cancer. For me, having everybody just act completely normal and like I like nothing was going on kind of helped me. And then I kind of forgot that I didn't have long hair at some points. Like when I'm just out doing whatever, just living day to day, I really didn't think about it that much because I think without my wig, people got so used to it so fast that they just, they just stopped looking at my head. They stopped doing that kind of stuff. So after a while, I didn't really think much of it. And with everybody telling me how beautiful I looked and all that kind of stuff, like just the reassurance all the time just made me feel beautiful. And and I realized that I felt beautiful inside and like, that's really all that mattered. So that's what got me through it. For me, it was more of a, like a moment. I was kind of sad. So I was looking through my phone, old pictures of myself, and I saw myself and I was like, I kind of miss that person. And then in my head, I was just like, I don't want to miss this person right now. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to love myself now. I'm going to be forever changing because we are humans. We're always going to be changing. And I was like, I want to love myself now. So in that moment, even though it's kind of difficult now and then, I try to be 
good to myself and just love who I am at that moment. I just want to add, because I am so far out of treatment and everything, and my hair has gone back down to my butt and cut back up and everything like multiple times at this point, that person comes back. Like you won't always miss that person. I promise. For me, it's having that reassurance, my family around me telling me that I'm beautiful and I am who I am, no matter what happens to my hair. That reassurance that no matter what happens to my appearance, I'm always still going to be who I am underneath everything. I think it helps to surround yourself with people who are genuine and make you feel genuinely loved. So that you know, you know, that you, you know that they love you for you and you know that you don't have to put on a wig or a facade for them. And I think that's important. For me, it was the support system around me really helped me get through all of it. And then I just kept thinking to myself, it'll be over soon. You just got to keep pushing. It'll be over. And then you can help somebody who gets in my position that I once was in. You can help them through it and help them realize just because you lost your hair, you don't change who you are inside be the person you were you just gonna look a little different for a little while but it always grows back i think looking back at my old photos like not just because i had like my long hair i just thought about the characteristics that i still have to this day really helped know that i didn't change only my hair did made me feel much better about who i am Well, thank you so much, everyone who joined us, Um, everyone who took part in sharing their stories. We so appreciate it. And if you're listening, thank you so much for listening and know that you are never alone in your journey through cancer, hair loss. There's always a large, large group of people behind you, even if you can't see them. Thanks for listening to Life on Pause. Ideas or suggestions for future episodes? Feel free to share them with us. Join us for the next recording on the third Tuesday of the month. Until Until next time. time.